Do you want to open up this week, G? I'm not ready to. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to fuck it up. I need notes. You just opened up. <laughs> I was oh, recording. I did? Yeah. Oh, all right. Let me try to let me let me try that over again. Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos, Kairos, Shazanga, Zanga, All right, welcome to another edition and episode of Shots Fired. We're one man down. Shout out to that man. Usually he zooms in the bed. Right. Jasanga usually zooms in the bed and he's not here today, ladies. So it's just me, just Gina MMA, Kairos MMA, and Michael Morgan from the Wocast. Fellas, say what's up. Good day to you, fine sirs and uh, madam. Hello, hello. I'll take the shots for you, Jasanga. Ooh, look at that. What's wow, my guy's in the big booth. The big booth. The sponsorship deal, JK. Okay, are you taking a shot for Meghan Markle? Um, I want to... Yeah, she deserves it. She deserves it. She's been through a yeah. lot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> One for That's Meghan. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask? I, I know you've asked this of me, and I know this has nothing to do with Shots Fired, but I'm curious, you two are outstanding American citizens. Do Brits look real trashy right now, given what the allegations are against the royal family and this perpetual notion that Brits are not racist? Do we look real shady right now? I mean, the people who don't know any better, yeah. Like, anytime people put that notion out there, like, I had a, I had a roommate in college. He's from Stockport. And he was always like, we aren't as bad as Americans. So I'm like, okay, first of all, yes, you are. Second of all, stop lying. So, I mean, if you don't know any better, yeah, y'all look trashy. But people who know, that's, y'all, y'all are fitting it right in with everybody else. Yeah, I wasn't too shocked, Mike, when they revealed that the family was racist. So I don't know why anybody would frown upon the UK or you all. And don't y'all guys have Winston Churchill? Isn't he like a known racist as well? Like the UK has a lot of racism like America, right? Our current prime minister is well-versed in racism. He once said the phrase, black people with their watermelon smiles. Piccaninnies, he called us at one point. Yes, this same man. And the phrase burkas, people who were wearing burkas, looked as though they were looking through a letterbox. Now, this is our current serving prime minister. So, yes, we are, um, we are well versed in um, racism, racism and all yeah. glory. The, I once tweeted that this isn't uh, any stranger. We are no stranger to racism. I um I offended my UK followers once because I like 
you know, I used hyperbole in a joke and I said, uh, hyperbole, and I said, uh, racism was damn near um, created or founded in the UK. Like it started there. And so many UK people were so offended by that. But I'm just like, you're damn right, of, though. Yeah, there's a lot of race. I didn't want to say it because I had offended UK people. And I was just like, but if you knew your own history, you would know that the, the, it's racist. Just, that's like me saying America isn't racist. When the, what? Colonies, <laughs> when the colonies were, or colonies, air quotes, colonies were plundered, were subjugated, were put under British rule, why do you think the title was deemed fit for um, the Queen and all her subjects to deem it uh, the spoils, the riches? and the colonies to be seen as um, what was due to them. Race. Oh, he froze. But anyway, now that I've uh, deadened the air with uh, <laughs> my heart back to, to what you guys think of us, um, as you do have the mic actually, G, I think as usual, we have things on the docket, which we are gonna actually uh, run through and uh, you're up first. No problem. Today, fellas, I want to discuss ref stoppages and female women fighters. Okay, so the reason why I brought this up is because last weekend at a UFC 259, Jean versus Izzy, we were privy to a very exciting fight with Lavinia Sosa, the young lady we discussed in the broadcast from um, Invicta, and Amanda Lemos. And they were on the prelims having a wonderful bout, and Amanda was getting the better of Salsa with jabs and, uh, and some beautiful crisp combination punching. And Salsa fell apart, hit the cage, fell down on the ground. And I believe the ref, Michael Herzog at the time, um, stopped the fight. And what happened was a lot of people complained that he stopped the fight too soon and that if they were two men, he would have gave Sousa, Salsa, excuse me, a longer chance. And when I think of a longer chance, I think of Shane Carwin versus Brock Lesnar. He was given more than ample time to, to defend himself when Brock had him mounted and was dropping all those punches on his wrist. Now, if you think about that, would a woman get the same, you know, luxury of that? A woman fighter that really wants to go down, you know, on her shield. Do women get that in the UFC? And also, let me bring up just two more examples and then we'll discuss it. Let's not forget... Um, also, too, last year, around October-ish for U.S. let me check my notes, UFC, ESPN 13, GDR and Aspen Ladd went at it, and there was a controversial stoppage. GDR put her down, and I was fine with the stoppage, but again, a lot of people blamed Erm Dean for an early stoppage, and to the point that Aspen Ladd herself filed a gender discrimination appeal to, to the CSAC. See, which later on was denied, but fellas, two judges agreed with her. She lost three to two. So she brought enough evidence on Herb Dean to show that he does stop fights early for women because two judges on her appeal panel approved of it. So you got to get the ball thinking. And also I tweeted about early stoppages in women and the responses overwhelmingly were that women fights get stopped sooner than men and fans were pissed off about it. And my very last example, Mike, remember this. This was my debut on the WOCast. I'm so proud of it. And I always try to bring it up. Um, <laughs> Mike had asked me to come on the show to discuss the, the notorious slam of Thug oh, Rose yeah. by Andrade. And remember, mm. 
I was like, that's, that's a vagina problem. I said that on the show. I was like, that's because so many people were upset and wanted bands slammed. Suddenly, when a woman slams another woman on her head, fans were like, we need to ban slams. But when Vandalay Silver does it, Rampage or other folks do it, you don't hear any issues with men slamming each other on the head unless it's illegal. Thug Rose's slam was legal. Andrash slammed her, but it was legal. And a lot of people were upset. So, fellas, my question to you, do you believe that referees <clears throat> tend to kind of stop fights with women fighters sooner than they would a male? And I'm going to start with Kairos. Yes, but I will say this. Aspen Lad's case is a little bit different. There is no chance she was going to ever win that fight or come back. So as far as her putting her grievance out there, she had a point. Women do have their fights stopped a lot sooner than men. But in her case, I just don't think that she had the grounds to even like have something overturned like that just because she shouldn't have even been put in the same octagon as Jermaine Durandamy. But um, one thing that I noticed, though, from watching like the beginning of women's MMA introduced into the UFC into now was like at first... When they were introduced, they were allowing a lot of these fights to get just straight blood. I remember Katz and Gano versus Misha Tate, like they were fucking each other up. It Facts. was bloody. And I was like, yes, this is. A and I think I think when they had a few of those fights go on, there's just people who were just like, this is brutality. I can't watch as if there weren't two guys before doing the same exact shit. Right. I feel like ever since that, not specifically that fight, but ever since like these reoccurring events of just bloody women's mixed martial arts fights, people have started to like condition themselves to think, well, I need to be in there and I need to protect them. I need to make sure that this doesn't happen. Right. I feel like that it's a roll around in years and years of that happening. And this is the result that you're going to get. Like I've seen some brutal, brutal women's fights in Invicta FC and they, they let it go on just how it should have gone. I, one of them was fight of the year, uh, but just like, yes. And the, for the UFC, absolutely. They need to get it together, too. Because And I hate the argument that, oh, well, what would you rather have, an early stoppage or a late stoppage? You act like it has to be absolute. How about we just have competent referees? How Why does it have to be, oh, oh you, you no. How about we just get people who can do the job well? Yeah. And that's why I brought up the Andrade slam, because I think there's a culture out there of, like, you know, we don't protect men. We want them to die or like we want them to fight to the death, kind of like Shane Carwin and, and Brock Lesnar. That's why I brought that up. But as soon as Andrade slams a female martial artist who knew what she was getting into, I noticed that a lot of men felt the need to protect women from slams. And I wonder if that leaks into male referees when they're in there with two women. Do they feel the need to protect them a bit more than male fighters? And Mike, I believe you're up. Your thoughts? Well, it's funny you should mention, Kairos, about, you see, you've stolen a lot of my thunder in terms of um, the opinion that I was going to put forward. In terms of Andrade, I do remember her way back in 2013, she fought Rosie Sexton, and mm -hmm. it was a bloody affair. To the extent, I have to say, that I was sat cage side thinking the ref needs to stop this, or the corner needs to throw in the towel. Since then, it's it's funny that that has been a marker for me because as Kairos has said, or as Kairos just said, since then, it does seem as though there's been a little bit more um, care or I would say bubble wrapping of female fighters in that they haven't let it go to that extent. But my thing is this, even though I, I was sat there thinking it needs to be stopped, why aren't they stopping this? How about parity? How about the fact that we acknowledge that we have literally just gone past 
International Women's Day, and we're talking about parity. We're talking about the fact that women need to have the same approach by the refs as men. Why is there not that parity now? And like I say, I, I'm saying this hypocritically because having come off that in terms of optics, it was horrible. But this is the UFC. So there needs to be parity in terms of the way that women are treated. There needs to be parity in terms of the way that there is an approach uh, by the referee. So in short, all I'm saying is, I totally agree with you, G. There is, does seem to be a certain standard which women are held to, which the men aren't held to. They let it go on far longer for the men. And as soon as there is like a hint, a whiff of damage and um, well, in the ref size, too much damage, it stopped. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I remember um, when we discussed the, the infamous slam, I was frustrated on that episode of the Wokecast because it's like, now is not the time to come and save women. These two women are martial artists and have been developing this craft until they were children. So they know what they're getting into. And you have to respect the fact that they've dedicated their lives to a craft and now want to meet each other to compete. You have to let them compete. And I just wish men would vouch for us more when it's not unnecessary like we don't need you to ban slams between two women that are fighting especially since neither one of them complained about the slam including the woman that was a victim of it not once did she get up and advocate for the slamming of bands and no male fighter has either so i don't get why fans feel like this need to protect women fighters but they don't protect them when they're not paid well when someone like casey kenny says things about them on a podcast or like when we need men to step up I don't know. I feel like in the MMA community, they don't. And you, when you do step up, you're called a simp. But they feel the need to protect women from their own craft that they've been studying and that these men don't do. So it's pretty interesting. But I do agree with everyone in my mentions that also agreed with the fact that there is a double standard for women and, and ref stoppages. And although I agree with both stoppages, Aspen Ladd's fight, she had nothing for her. And I'm glad Herb Dean stopped it. And as far as Amanda Lemos and Sousa, Sousa looked like she didn't want no more. And I was fine with the stoppage, but I did bring to my attention that if they were men, it would have went on longer. And I think that's wrong to do that to martial artists that are dedicated to their craft. And I hope in the near future, there's more studies or people doing research on this topic to really figure out if this is going on. But that's my spiel for the day, fellas. And um, that's it. Who's up next? I'm up next. And you know what? I told you guys what my topic was, but I want to pivot. I want to pivot to a different topic. Okay. Yesterday wasn't. Let, let's piggyback off of this. My topic is going to be to people saying that we should get rid of the women's featherweight division. Now, Ooh, I, yeah, we got, we're opening up this bullshit today. We got to talk about this shit. And I feel like it would be wrong for me to not bring up this topic because there are a lot of men who are so confident so so firm in this stance that we have to get rid of featherweight because the ufc is suffering or because it's just not worth having around but they conveniently forget 
a lot of like key components of this situation. The women's featherweight division currently doesn't have UFC rankings, as we know. They have about four fighters in the division who are currently active. And they at one point, they had an Ultimate Fighter series where they had all featherweights coming in. But a lot of them were in-betweeners slash bantamweights. But the TV show hosts wanted to make sure that people could make the weight. So they brought in a lot of people who were guaranteed to make the weight. And a lot of them were bantamweights. And some of them were featherweights at the same time. So we had a roster of featherweights. And at the end of the show, a lot of the fighters opted to go down. Because one, they knew that we already just fought each other on the show. A, B, the UFC wasn't actively recruiting women into the division while this was going on. And C, if I want to become the best fighter I possibly can, why would I want to have the risk of fighting Amanda Nunes after three fights in the organization? And I feel like the, the honest the god's honest truth is this every single person who wants to get rid of the division always says well there's not enough featherweights to fill the division why are other organizations having featherweight divisions and then they reference topology and they say well in the top 100 women's featherweights most of them are inactive etc etc okay let's be honest let's have some critical thinking really quick if there were really only 60 active featherweights in the united states of america organizations wouldn't be able to have these divisions <clears throat> Are you guys really going to say that because Bellator has 20 women's featherweights, the UFC has four women's featherweights, other organizations have other women's featherweights, that regional shows and local shows just aren't having women's featherweight fights? They're in existence. The same reason why you don't have an entire compilation of women's fighters in the featherweight division is the same reason why the women's featherweight division in the UFC is not large enough. It's because people are lazy. They aren't going out to scout these people. They aren't going to find them because in their eyes, they don't see it worth their time to do so. We can't allow the UFC to dictate your perception on the division as a whole, inside and outside the organization, just because they're too lazy to do it. And there's reputable people saying this. People who swear that they love women's mixed martial arts. People who swear they love MMA. People who swear that they know a lot about mixed martial arts. And I'm appalled to see y'all say some of this dumb shit that if you just sat back and thought critically you'd realize that there are enough women's featherweights to fill these divisions it's just an issue of people deciding we aren't going out to scout them we aren't going to find them i guarantee you this right now the second they have local shows back in michigan there's going to be multiple women's featherweight fights that aren't listed on tapology that aren't listed on sure they're there just because they aren't listed doesn't mean they do not exist. And I think that this whole belief that, all right, if we get rid of the women's featherweight division and add an out-of-weight division, that's going to be a sure fix. No, the issue isn't the amount or the quantity of the talent. It's the fact that people are too lazy to promote these divisions. Remember when 115 was introduced? They didn't promote it at all. And Yoana was tearing through the division and defending the title up until she got her third or fourth title defense was when they started to actually market her. I remember when they introduced women's bantamweight. It got to the same. Yes, Ronda was getting promoted because she was a star and she was their blonde haired girl. And they were like, all right, good. We're going to try and push her. And it wasn't even that much that they were trying to push her. But everybody else in the division wasn't getting promoted at all. The events and the fights between other women who were trying to fight for number one contenderships weren't being like so. I'm a little bit frustrated because, as you saw, I drunk a little bit, but I'm also disappointed in our community because we have people who are so-called, like, experts and savants and leaders, and they're just saying this dumb shit, and it doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you what. Michael, we're going with you. What you think, Michael? What you, well, you, we go with you first. I, I think it may have something to do with, if just to bring you back in terms of your recollection and your memory, recent memory, Dana White promised that he was building a division around... Amanda Nunes, and he hoped to God that she wasn't quitting because the featherweight division was something that he was going to be devoting time to. He told his team to actually build something around this division. Now, something strikes me. Um, well, there's two possibilities 
One, he was gaslighting us. There was never any intention to build a uh, division because of inertia and laziness. Or two, and I, I'm not saying this because I know the answer. I'm just putting these forward in terms of possible outcomes. Two, in terms of all of the other pools that they could draw from, you highlighted yourself. These are regional promotions where the caliber is possibly not as high, possibly not as deep in terms of where they can actually draw from in terms of quality. But I suppose the key and most important thing is, um, you said it yourself, a lot of these people are inactive. So like I say, I'm not putting that forward by way of a solution. I'm saying possibly this might be because filling that division, actually scouting for that division is proven to be problematic. Okay. And, but here's my rebuttal to that. I, I think with that division, as far as other divisions in total, if you saw a market for, if I'm a professional fighter and I'm on the regional circuit, I'm killing it. I got, I'm on a seven fight win streak, but I see the UFC is not recruiting fucking featherweights. What am I going to do? All right, I guess I'm going to go back to my nine to five, quit fucking fighting because it's not something I want to strive for because they don't even fucking value it. And at the same time, we got to look at the fact of this. We can't say, oh, you have X amount of fights. Therefore, you can't qualify and compete at the World States. I'm going to give you three examples, off the, well, three examples off the top of my head. Angela Hill had one professional mixed martial arts, and she got on to the Ultimate Fighter. She did all right. She came, she bounced back into Invicta, won enough, came back, and is now currently a ranked fighter in the UFC. She got thrown to the Sharks. Macy Chasson, she had two professional fights when she went on the Ultimate Fighter, won the show, went on a crazy run and is now ranked in the world. So as far as us looking at records and thinking, okay, because of you have because you have these deficits, we don't think that you're the caliber. It's misplaced too because you're essentially just saying it's not worth our time and we're too lazy to look for like I think it's just a, such a cop out to think that we have a limited amount of fighters just because on topology we see that these fighters are inactive. Okay, great. Let's look at fighters who are active. We have 300 and we have 300 million people in the United States of America. We aren't even talking about the UK. We aren't even talking about other parts of the world. We have 300 million people in this continent. Are we really going to sit here and say that there's only 100 active featherweights? That doesn't even make fucking sense. That's not even fucking plausible. It's not possible. It's not possible at all. So I think we are allowing laziness and complacency and just sheer just incompetence to just drive our entire focus and narrative to saying well they aren't existent so why should we continue to invest in it how is that <laughs> how does that make sense like and even let's just i'm gonna play devil's advocate let's just say that there aren't enough featherweights let the fucking division grow like you did for all the other divisions people constantly forget the lighter divisions in the ufc weren't all introduced at the same time they were shallow and they were allowed and permitted to grow and they were marketed as such sure they grabbed other divisions from the WEC and that sort of thing, but they weren't a splash right away. People were in love with heavyweight. It was the glory era of the heavier weight classes. They were permitted to grow. And now the women are trying to play catch up, but for some strange reason, nah, we can't let them fucking catch up. We aren't going to give them the same opportunities that we gave other people. And on top of the fact that mixed martial arts has only been out since like 1993 and women just got started being given the, like the permit to fight in like close to the 2000s. They're playing catch up from a decade behind. Are we really going to sit here and sit and make it rational and say, well, they should have at least 150 fighters in that division or they should have at least a top 15. Like cut, cut it out. Like, uh, it's just, it doesn't make sense how we say that we understand the sport and we've been watching this sport for an extended period of time, but yet 
we allow certain people to get away with certain things with the other divisions, other athletes. But then when it comes to something that we might not be interested in or something that we don't see as valuable, it's suddenly we just are Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder. We just don't see this shit. No disrespect to them. I didn't mean to say that. That was fucked up. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my thing is this. What type of fight fan wants any division scraped? Like who does who doesn't want to see any weight class fight? I can't stand the heavyweights, but you don't see me saying they need to be clipped. They've they've provided some fun fights. And if the featherweight division doesn't have enough women in it, why are fans concerned with that? Let it sit. Why are you getting upset? Let Dana do his job. And then also, too, is there any proof? that these women don't exist? Has Dana, has Scott Coker, has there been like some official statement saying we can't find these women? I have a feeling this whole they can't find women to promote is just fan talk that has now become like kind of like that's what it is, like it's truth. Meanwhile, Dana hasn't said this. Scott hasn't said this with his whole um, 145 division he's got you know, set up. And the only people I hear saying this are the fans that don't like that division because it's shallow. And I would appreciate it if fight fans would just say, hey, the division's inactive. I'm bored with it. Maybe we should scrape it. But to sit here and say something that you don't even know is true, to say that there aren't any featherweight women with no proof, because, Karis, you did bring up critical thinking. Where's the critical thinking? Because I'm still looking for the announcement that these women don't exist from someone that, in the game. Like, how, like there's nobody from recruiting Dana White. I haven't heard anything about these women not existing except from dumbass fans that don't work for the UFC. And somehow this rumor mill has become Bible now. Now it's the now it's a fact. They, oh, they don't have enough. Scrape it. You don't work for the UFC. You're not an MMA recruiter. You're just a fucking fan. So sit down. Let the company figure out what to do with this division and shut the fuck up. I thought you was a fight fan. Who the yeah. hell wants any dis um, division scrape scraped? Even a division you don't like, you want scraped? I don't like the heavyweights. You ain't never heard me say getting rid of the heavyweights. What? I'm a fight fan. I'll watch two fucking cats in the alley fight if they cut the UFC and MMA. Most of us are like this because we like violence and we like fighting. I don't understand. Like you said, um, I'm not going to name names, Kai Rose, but I was surprised to see some big ass accounts that I thought were fight fans, like regular fight fans, people that enjoy the act of violence in a contained and controlled environment with weight classes and all the rules. And I thought these people were fight fans. And then to see big accounts saying, get rid of the division with no proof that these women don't exist, and the fact that you're just merely bored that a woman sits at the top and the UFC is doing nothing. And then again, y'all, instead of thinking critically and being like, do these women exist? Instead of just going with what you're hearing, nobody's asking questions. Nobody's Googling this on their own. Nobody is trying to figure out what the hell's going on with this division. But y'all want to act like y'all work for Dana and have the inside scoop when you don't. You're not a fight fan if you want a division scraped. You just don't like that division and you want it scraped. That's the fact of the matter. That's it. It's straight facts. It is. It, it is. You don't like is, that division. And it's primarily, if we're going to keep it a buck, we don't have to name names, but it's primarily men saying this. Like, I remember Pam was pointing this out. I was like, of course, women can't have shit, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it is fact. They can't have shit. You have a division that's been sitting for three years and y'all expected to have 5,000 fighters in it. And then, of course, you have some pick me's here who's just like, well, the, she's right. I'm a woman. I think the division needs to go. It's like, okay. How can you expect to further 
the agenda for the embetterment of you as an athlete, as a person, as a human being, as a as every single thing, but yet you want to close the door on opportunities. I it doesn't Kairos, make... my favorite is when they're like scrape the division. But I thought you liked the fighters. You want Joseph Benavidez not to have a job? Y'all worship the ground he walks on. He's the guy that he's the guy that never gets into any trouble. He married the, the hot chick everybody likes. He seems like a decent dude. And then the next minute they say scrape the flyweight division. I thought y'all liked Joey B and these these guys. I thought you liked fighters. I thought you guys liked them enough to have them get paid more. I thought you cared about these people because you're a fight fan and they entertain us. What fucking fight fan in their right mind doesn't want Joey Benavides to be employed and to scrape the division? Who wants Cyborg not in the UFC at one foot? They had a star before Amanda. It was called Chris Cyborg and they did nothing with her. Who the mm -hmm. fuck doesn't want to see Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes part two? Who the fuck doesn't want to see them see Dana recruit sacrifices for the both of those women to fight? You think he can't buy out Bellator women in the, in, you know what I'm saying? Like there's plenty of stuff they can do, but the UFC, if you are not a star that they can get behind, they're not, they're not putting in the work. You, you have to come famous like Greg Hardy. You have to come with some bullshit. You got to be like Connor. And then they get behind you. Look at Shemaev. He's been here two minutes. They on board. Cause he's a hype train. Amanda Nunes and women in the 145 pound division that we've never heard of are not women that are going to bring money to this company overnight. And they've convinced fans that there's no women out there. And then you have dummies that are really not fight fans, just people that enjoy what they like on the TV screen saying the division should be scrapped. But you take no consideration into their livelihoods, their jobs. And why does the division need to be scrapped? Instead, you'd rather listen to a bullshit rumor that you heard from some other Twitter account and be like, there's no women out there, but there's no proof that that exists. So what the fuck are you saying? And I'm glad you brought this up, Kairos, because I've been kind of bitching about it on my page. What the fuck type of fight fan wants, fight fan wants any division cut? Even the, the divisions you don't like, I don't want. I, I don't like, I don't want cut because I'm a fight fan. What the fuck? I don't I don't know what to, else to say about that. And Kairos, I'm right with you. I don't get I don't get it. Am I up? Yeah. 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 I mean, we can still keep going, Mike. You know, there's plenty of anger over here with me in this topic, but <laughs> you up. A musical interview. Let me turn up the volume. Yeah. That, of course, is Dan Hardy remixed. Stop the fight. The infamous words that he uttered. She heard Dean, but fast forward to this week and Dan Hardy now finds himself in hot water. According to um, the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Dan Hardy, and I'm quoting verbatim here, Dan Hardy, 38, was fired by both the UFC and BT Sports as an announcer over an issue in Abu Dhabi where he got into an argument with a female employee. He then issued a challenge to Nick Diaz. I didn't expect anything to come of it. Hardy does 
have a fighter's contract that still exists with the UFC. Now, after reading that, a few outlets actually penned, um, well, I suppose articles around it. And Dan wasn't having a bar of it. Taken to social media, Dan, in response to one outlet, and that outlet, I do believe, was BJ Penn, said this. So I'm just queuing up the actual article. I would love to know how Dave Meltzer, how Dave Meltzer's source, um, sorry, I would love to know Dave Meltzer's source. It seems particularly well-crafted and timed for impact. Further evidence of games being played. I appreciate you all and the support I'm receiving. MMA is my life and nothing will change that. I'll put out a statement soon. <clears throat> you know I'm a big Dan Hardy fan. I like the guy. I do get on with him. Having worked with him um, backstage and behind the scenes at uh, various mixed martial arts promotions, it's been great to actually get his insight in terms of analytical mind. Um, so I reached out to him and uh, I put it to him that it would be great to get his side of what actually happened. It'd be good to get a perspective and a deeper understanding as to what exactly is going on. So having reached out to him, he responded in saying, hello, my friend, I'm still trying to get some details myself, but it was a simple verbal disagreement, nothing more. I'm still seeking better clarification from the UFC who are not being very forthcoming with the facts as they see them. It's a massive overreaction when compared with the reality of the situation. I've yet to speak to Dana directly. Now, my question is this, and I suppose it, it's a twofold question. One, um, and I'm happy to go first. Have you ever been fired? And uh, what were the circumstances around you being fired? The second part of the question is, do we really want to see Dan Hardy back in the UFC's graces in terms of his analysis? Personally, I find his analytical mind second to none. Well, he's up there anyway. In terms of his ability to break down fights, to actually um, anticipate what's going to happen next in terms of his commentary, absolutely A-class. In terms of his breakdowns, pre-fight breakdowns, absolutely outstanding. The way in which he can see what's being set up. He's almost a savant when it comes to um, predicting what fighters will have in their arsenal and what they're actually going to lay out. Um, come fight night. So like I say, my, my um, start for six in terms of being fired, the, uh, I would say the first time I was ever fired, I was actually doing, um, I suppose, a, a summer job with my brother and we were delivering cards for a minicab company. I'm not sure if they call them minicabs over in the States. It's kind of like taxis. Anyway, so I was delivering these um, cards in people's letterboxes promoting the fact that there was a local firm who'd be able to take you from A to B in a very, very uh, smooth and luxurious manner. Anyway, this was like the dead of winter, so it was snowing. I found out at, uh, I think it was the fourth week of actually doing this, that um, I was in hot water and 
my brother alongside me was in hot water because as the snow, because it was the dead of winter, as the snow was actually thawing, um, somebody had found littered all over the road these cards which we were supposedly delivered. Now to this day, my brother swears that it wasn't him. And and to, to your eyes, I swear it wasn't me. I didn't actually ditch those cards. He swears to me that it wasn't him that ditched those cards. Anyway, we were pulled up in front of management and that was the minicab boss. And he said, boys, gonna have to let you go. We found a load of these cards. You were the only people delivering them you're fired. So we found ourselves, well, similar, similarly, uh, we found ourselves sacked. So that was right. the first time I got fired. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go with G. All first right. Um, Michael, I've never been fired before in my life. <laughs> I, I am a geek. I'm the person that's on time. Like I don't kiss nobody's ass, but I basically... I really like having a job because it's only me here and I pay for stuff and pay these bills. So I don't fool with jobs. So if they say you can't do this, Gina's the person at work that doesn't do that shit. So I've never been fired. Mike, refresh my memory. What was the second question? Dan Hardy as an analyst, um, I'm saying that he's beloved. I'm saying that I'm team Dan Hardy. I would like him to keep his job. Um, <laughs> I can't work out whether you are grimacing because you can't stand what I'm saying or because you're trying to get comfortable. But um, <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying I'm team Dan Hardy. I would like him to stay in his job, be reinstated because of his analytical mind that he brings pre and on fight night. What say you? I'm yeah, I'm torn on that because like you. I like his work in the booth. I like his work on his YouTube channel. I like when he breaks down fights on his tweet or when he has an opinion. I am just concerned with the fact that we spend more time talking about Dan Hardy's behavior than what he's really blessed and talented, you know, in the sport, which is his commentary. And that really makes me sad that there's so much controversy around somebody that's so talented. It's like, I almost want to tell him like, can you behave? Because we like you, you know, we like your commentary. And right now in the UFC, expert non-biased commentary is so needed right now. So for Dan not to be working with the UFC is a huge loss. But if Dan is making women uncomfortable behind the scenes, if he is berating referees, you know, during a broadcast for people like me on the couch to hear, He's acting unprofessional at work. I don't know all the circumstances, but I don't know. People get fired for a reason. If he's bringing his transgressions to work like he did with Herb Dean and that broadcast, who says he's not doing other stuff behind the scenes? And look, they're saying he got fired for having an argument with a woman. And mind you, Paul Felder has the same job as Dan Hardy. He breaks down fights. He's in the commentary booth. And he was equally as disturbed with the late stoppage between Herb Dean and Jai Herbert. But he did not curse the man out, summons him and curse and scream at him on the mic for all of us to hear. He, he was upset, but he was able to remain professional. Why can't, why Greg Hardy can't do that? I don't know. And also too, Greg, 
Dan, it would be nice if he just maybe offered an apology. Sometimes it's good to just take accountability for your actions instead of just having a tweet saying, oh, I haven't heard from the UFC. And that. it just sounds like bullshit to me. It sounds like you got fired and you're dancing around the reason so that you can have you can control the narrative and come up with something else. Sounds like he acted like a shithead. He got fired for it. And he has a history of it with the Dean thing. And who else? God knows what else that hasn't hit the media. It's, it's unfortunate. I like the guy's work, but if he's a nuisance backstage or if he keeps distracting me on the broadcast trying to fight a ref, he can go. Kairos, same question to you. Kairos went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Kairos, you're not going to tell us? He just turned off his camera, y'all, and rolled. He's filling up that Hennessy bottle that he was swigging from. <laughs> or he's kind of like caught himself on camera swinging from the bowl and got right. lost instead. Also, real quick, Mike, while we have downtime, can I just make two apologies? One last week on the show, I confused Jason Herzog with Herb Dean and the early stoppage with um, Sousa and Lemos. My apologies, right. Dean. And um, shout out to my followers that listened to the show and caught that and reminded me, Unbroken MMA, that would be you. And thank you. And secondly, I want to apologize to Dan Hardy. I found some untrue information online, retweeted it, and he might have even seen it. But I did offer an apology and did try to straighten out the fact that I did not do enough due diligence. I did a Joe Rogan. I didn't do enough due diligence to find the facts, but yet I spread something. So again, y'all, those listening, and if you check my page, apologies to Dan, and I will do a better job with, you know, not spreading rumors. But Kairos, you're back. What do you think? You are yeah, I'm such sorry. a true pro. The way in which Kairos segued into his seat as you were doing your filler moment. <laughs> we have no gap now. Take it away, Kairos. Yes, hit Beautiful. it. Um, no, I've never been fired from a job. I get it done. I make sure I abide by the rules. <laughs> Me but too. I'm not like I'm not a stickler. I will I will bend them. I will bend them, and I but I understand them. As far as Dan Hardy, we don't get caught, is what you're saying. Me too, Kairos. Exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> as far as Dan Hardy is concerned, I I have an excellent ability with separating the person from the performer, and I think that. I, you can't you can't pretend like Dan Hardy isn't in a class of his own when it comes to this. I've been subscribed to his full reptile channel for forever. I've been following him for a minute. I can't I can't take anything away from him. But I think the fact of the matter is this: if the UFC is willing to get rid, of, I don't. I'm not claiming to know I know what's going on, but the UFC is pretty lenient with who they allow to be employed under their services. If we're just going to keep it a buck. So if something, if you were to get fired, I don't know if it's just a tighter code of conduct because you're on the a broadcast team or if they just don't like you or whatever the reason is, but I'll hold all judgments. Certainly I like him, but if he's out here popping up in hallways like, oh, what the fuck is up? I, I'm sick and tired of Herb. Why don't you tell Herb this? Or he's like confronting people like that and not being a profession in which it's the accumulation of him acting this way out in public. He's telling like 12-year-old fans like, give up on fucking fighting. You ain't going to be shit. He's telling people like, he's, it's just a lot of things that he's been doing and it's just not like, and he doesn't come off like he's learning from any of these things. So I guess like maybe this was just the last straw. Maybe this was just like, all right, Dan, we can't deal with this shit no more. Maybe like something, maybe they jumped the gun with it. I don't know. I don't claim to know. But what I will say is this. If Dan wants to make sure that he has, who am I to say this? If I just think that he just should move a little bit different. 
I'm not going to sit here and say, Dan needs Me to too. do this. Who am I? I'm 25 years old. Like, who am I to say that this grown man is right. But yeah. what I will say is this. I think he just needs to move a little bit different. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Just so I'm and clear. Just so I'm clear. Can we get a show of hands for Dan Hardy's stay of execution? Those who think that he should be reinstated and should not be sacked, raise your right hand. Hold on. I don't know the facts. Hold on. I, I don't, I don't want to. Hold on. No, I, this is I don't think I don't think you, this is fair because no, I don't but, know well, any information. We don't know the facts, but you can take the totality of the circumstances and come up with a conclusion. This is what I've done. I might be incorrect, but y'all remember when Dana White made a statement about Dan Hardy's behavior. Listen clearly to what he said. I've pulled it up and I'm going to read it to you. Um, this is courtesy of MMA Junkie. Thank you very much. It said Dana White made the statement. He said, I want to make this very clear. If you work for me and you approach a judge or a referee or any type of official, I will fire you. Mm. White told reporters, you will lose your job. You will never work for me again if you do that. Nobody has the right. Listen, you want to criticize judges. You want to criticize referees. You didn't agree with the decision and things like that. We love Dan. Dan got emotional. The problem is now with this setup and it's a lot easier to do. And it's a lot easier to interact with everybody from the fighters to the refs, the media and everybody. It sounds like to me, he was given a warning. Have y'all ever worked someplace before and just got, unless you did something egregious, you usually get like written up. It's like, cause you know, I used, I'm also like a supervisor. Like I've been a supervisor, Mike, I'm sure, you know what I'm saying? You've worked in management. It's a verbal warning. Yeah. It's a written warning. And then it's like, here's the real warning in your motherfucking jacket. And if there's a union rep or if you work with a union or something, you get them involved and whatnot. Cause now shit has hit the fan. I have a feeling that these things occurred with Dan because he had wow. the incident. Look what I just read. Dana said it. He was like, I don't approve of this. If you contact or touch judges or criticize referees on my watch, you're out of here. And then now there's an incident backstage. It sounds like he was warned about Herb Dean and that, con and that um, confrontation. And he went and had another confrontation with someone backstage. I don't see what the problem is with letting him go. Can Question. Can you all act like this at work? No. Hell <laughs> I would be fired. Yeah, I cannot... Even though my coworkers make me so angry, probably every day, I just cannot go in the office and curse them out. And then if I do do that, I guarantee you someone's going to give me a verbal or written warning about like a toxic work environment, because that is what Dan is doing. If this is true, that is a toxic work environment. Whether it's, it's, Dean, it's true. It's true. Like whether, Dean, Dean, whether Herb Dean made a mistake or whether that woman he had an issue with backstage, they have to remember you're at work. You're not in. I can curse you out right now on the Zoom, Mike. You know why? We're not at work, bitch. <laughs> but if we work, if I work where you work, we, I could not curse you out. And I don't see how people that defend Dan Hardy are saying this. When you yourself work at a job and know that you can't curse out back people backstage, you can't curse out someone that works with you. And then on top of it, live on television for like everyone to hear, like he aired out the dirty laundry when he cursed out Irv Dean. That's not cute. You know so what it is? Let him go. He's acting you know, crazy. You know what it is? Just based on the facts that I have. And that is all I have is that note, which he sent me through WhatsApp and, um, what was actually put out on the internet through Twitter. Now, I I'm doing my version of 12 Angry Men. You want to see this film if you have not seen Sidney Lumet's classic. Come on, G, you know about 12 Angry Men. 
I don't. I can't believe I haven't seen a classic. I am. That's why I'm in my feelings right now. I'm Googling this shit right now. 12 Angry Men. 1957? We don't know about What are we? Right. I'm that old. Get out of here, Mike. Mike think I'm in menopause like the kids that troll me. I'm not that old, Mike. (laughs) What? (laughs) Got a good rating, though. I watch it, They had the facts that they were given. So I'm giving you the facts that I've been given. So you're now giving those facts now. So getting back to Sydney. Oh my God, Mike, I have seen this movie. I am old. No, bitch, they made me watch this in the class last semester. That's the only reason why I saw this old shit. It's amazing. It is good. Kairos, it's a good film. That's why Mm. I was in my class. Like we broke, we broke this film the fuck down, Mike. Good one. There you go. There you go. So Kairos. Shut up, Kairos. He's dying laughing over there. (laughs) Kairos. I say again, we the jury sat here today. I'm giving Dan Hardy a pass. Are you giving him a pass? Just a yes or no? Yes. Oh, that's okay. So that's two to one. I'm guessing, D, I, I don't want to preempt what you're going to say, but I'm guessing just by what you have said that I'll let you answer it. Does Dan Hardy get a pass? Yes or no? He got a pass when he did it with Herb Dean. He did it again. <laughs> oh, shit. <I'm> fired. <laughs> yeah. Like right? He, oh, fuck. Aren't I right, though? Did I not just break up verbal warning, um, written warning, and then here comes the real HR in your jacket file? We all have jobs. We've all been through this. I've been written up, and I've written people up. He was warned. When he did that shit with Herb. And, and, and y'all, I just read what Dana said. Whether Dana said that to him in the media or to his motherfucking face, Dan Hardy, you take heed. Your boss is like, I'm not okay with what he did. He does it again. He gets fired. What happens now? There's talk he's beefing with someone backstage. You ain't heard what Dana said? He was warned, Mike. He's problematic. He brings his transgressions to work is what I have in front of me. I'll wait for more details, but it sounds like he's a cup backstage. Wow. Okay, well, just based on the jury um, assembled, and uh, unfortunately, Chisanga can't actually phone in his verdict, um, Dan Hardy gets a pass. Yeah. You didn't let me explain, though. You, you said yes or no. That's, what, that's the real problem. That's the issue here. That's the, I have a lot to say. Quick question. <laughs> but is there some truth in what I'm saying? Do y'all think he was warned by some UFC executive about his behavior or punished or suspended or is told to sit down? Please don't make it seem like I'm just some bitch on the show. That's just, you know, like, <laughs> please. Y'all said not guilty. I said guilty. I believe he was warned. Do y'all think so? I would be surprised if he wasn't. Thank you. No employer is just going to fire you out of the blue without a warning. They can't. Verbal you can sue. Warning, yeah. Warning, final warning. You're out. Discipline is progressive because people can sue if you're not. You know what I mean? If you start to show favoritism, if I fire Kairos for the same thing Dan did, and then Michael does the same thing Dan did, and I don't fire him, there's an issue. But, and I, I, I thoroughly believe he was warned. How could he but, not been? Mm. But mm-hmm. remember, just reading in between the lines. No, I'm not even going to go there because I, I'm going back to text which Dan sent me, <clears throat> which I think is wrong to read in between lines. I have to take him literally at what he said. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is this: this is an organization that purports to give in uh, to give people who work within it work for it this terminology. This is an opportunity, not. Damn. 
No, no, but it's true. This is what this is what Dana White has said. This is an opportunity, not a career. Uh, where can you go and get that thrown at you from an organization that you purport to work for? They are a little bit different in the term that, or in, in the way that they do things. Are we agreed? Yes or no? Yeah, they are a bit janky as far as professionalism and favoritism, but I still don't think this applies here. He acted poorly. He was he was warned and he did something again. He got fired. It's just as simple as that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't have any sympathy for him because I like when I warn someone of their behavior at work and they do it anyway, I don't feel bad. Bitch, I told you I even put it on a piece of paper and warned you and you did it again. Like, what am I supposed to and can you imagine, Mike, too, like not only were you warned by an executive, but the boss and the face of the company gives a press conference on your shitty behavior and threatens to fire you and you get into an argument with a woman backstage like you didn't hear what Dana said or when they sat him down in the office and told him, like, you got to chill out with that. And he agreed and then did it again. Does that person really need to be working with these people? He's a problem. I don't Kairos, know. I didn't give you a chance to actually break down your reason for giving him a stay of execution i mean i just have my own selfish reasons like everybody knows like he's the best people yeah. who just yeah he's talented but we don't even need to go down that route of oh we should let him get away with or he's it's okay to ignore this because he's at this caliber he's good right i'm a i'm a i'm a pretty forgiving person i can be very Sometimes I can be very um, soft when it comes to things. I, and I feel like that's just like the result of my upbringing. I, I was very hard nosed with people for a long time. And like people told me I couldn't do that. So over time, I just like allowed myself to be more like lenient with people. And so like me, I know I can be extremely emotional. I can be extremely like judgmental. I can do a lot of these things. So I'm just sitting me here too. thinking to myself, if I were to do the shit that Dan Hardy did and I understand who I am as a person, I react that way. <clears throat> I, I'd be, I'd feel like shit for getting fired, you know, after everything that I've done for the company and the things that I've said and the things that I've helped to elevate this company. Like Dan Hardy is basically the bridge for the UFC into the UK. Like I, if you want to talk, you got Michael Bisping, who's a it's massive bridge. Dan Hardy is just along with him. Like people want to act like it's not he, him with his cage warriors, him fighting for the UFC, him with his connections. Like you, it, it's pretty invaluable, but ignoring all that is just like as a human being, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he should lose his job, but then turn around and have the people who are accused of domestic violence and that sort of shit. And yeah. me not say, oh, get them the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I just, you want to keep person. the same energy, but it's not your responsibility. It's that janky company that just keeps yeah. women beaters and then fires Dan, you know, like according to the UFC, what Dan did was more egregious than some of the stuff these fighters have done in their, you know, in their private lives. And I agree with Kairos, that's not fair. But when it comes down to egregious behavior at work, that company has to make sure that this person is not yeah. bringing transgressions to work, regardless of whether Greg Hardy beats women and has a good job in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. But I have a question for both of you in regards to Dan Hardy. Mm. Now, Kairos, you, I don't know if you were there in the, in the Twitter space chat of KGB's chat, <laughs> but someone brought up a good point saying that, why is Dan Hardy celebrating this comeback fighter trying to have one with Nick Diaz when he hasn't had the surgery for his heart and no doctor will clear him to fight until he does so. Is that, have you heard anything about that? Is Dan Hardy even medically cleared to fight before he gets us excited about a comeback? Well, his fans excited. I'm not. 
Oh, go ahead. I thought he was because the original doctor who'd made the diagnosis, um, the criteria, this is h- how it was explained to me, has changed. So okay. that means that he can fight now. That's, That's why I asked, because the last information I got was that he can't, but yet I'm seeing him rally for one, and I'm seeing a UFC president ignore his request. So I'm like, what's going on? I, I Like I say, that's how I understood it. I could be totally yeah. wrong, but yeah. that's how I understood it. Prepared to be wrong, though. Anybody listening, I'm sure you're going to put me right on Twitter. At yeah, they did it to me TV. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, honestly, listeners, if anybody has, like, the scoop on that, hit me up at Just Gina MMA, because it's, it's like, I'm kind of confused, because from what I know, he's not cleared. But Mike is saying he might be cleared by a new doctor, so it's just, but I just think it's weird that the UFC is not behind him on this comeback. It just seems like he's talking about Nick Diaz and fighting a bunch of people, and no one cares or says anything. It's just kind of him, like, I'm coming back, but you don't see Dana, like, I'm trying to get him an opponent. Like, where's the... And I'm like, is he even medically cleared or does the UFC kind of know that the only person that wants to come back is him and a couple of fans? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I Just don't before know. we get out of here, we've got um, another fight night this coming Saturday. Blau Mohamed versus Leon. Leon, long lost Leon Edwards. What are you guys looking forward to? Before I pass on to Kairos, I'm just going to shout out. Darren Stewart, who is back in action this Saturday. I can't wait to see this East London um, representative take to the cage. And um, if I remember rightly, who is the... Eric Anders. Eric Anders, yes. Thank you. Eric Mm -hmm. Anders, Darren Stewart. I can't wait to see that. Anyway. Who do you you think wins? I think uh, Darren Darren Stewart beats his ass. Yeah. He's going to manners him. Yeah, he's going to give him some manners. Yeah, I think think he beats the shit out of him, to be honest with you. It's a tough one to say that because Eric Anders is a friend of his show. He's been on uh, the podcast, uh, I think it's once or twice. Yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah. He's a very, very nice guy, but um, nah, he's going to get slapped by East London's finest. But no, Kairos, who are you looking forward to? Oh, Y'all have been sleeping on this man, Davey Ramos. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Davey Grant is fighting Jonathan Martinez. And I think a lot of people forgot about Davey Grant because he was on the Ultimate Fighter. And he took like four years off and he just hasn't been active. But Davey Grant is a fucking problem in that band. Oh, my God. He hasn't been around in so long. Like yeah. that man is the motherfucking man. Like he got is some like crazy a, boxing. Is it a re- late replacement too? No. Is it? No, it's on the card? For a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just just making sure I didn't Davey see it. Grant's the uh, UK's finest. Nice. Davey's a beast, bro. He's a, he, Oh, here he, he is. But he's he, going when, up against Jonathan Martinez. That man is a beast. I'm just telling you, when Davey touches, it's just different. Like, I remember watching him on Tough, and I was thinking, okay, he could be like an average mid-tier to low-tier, like, bantamweight. But when he came back from his time off, I looked at him, and I was just like, this man, he can box the fuck out of a lot of people. I think like he he can he can make the top fifteen, if not the like the top twelve. Yeah, yeah. I gotta keep an eye on him because it's like when I saw that fight, even right now on my computer, I saw Jonathan Martinez and was like, "Ooh, this if Kairos is right, this should be a barn burner because Martinez don't stop." Yeah. How about you, G? Are you looking forward to seeing? Um. I think Dan Ige versus Gavin Tucker is going to be a barn burner. Oh, yeah. That's solid. Like, it's just going to be a good, 
old fashioned fun fight and they're going to go back and forth. And real quick, I'm curious to see men, uh, Manuel, uh, cap fight. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know his opponent, but I'm, I want to see Manuel fight again. I don't feel like his debut was really yeah. what he wanted or he didn't really yeah. show us what he's made of. And I have a feeling he does like, he's getting a second chance to redeem his debut. I think he goes out here and puts on a show. I hope. So mm. That's about it for me. Facts. Yeah. It is nice to see Edwards finally get a fight and uh, I'm fully behind him. I think he pieces Bilal Muhammad up and uh, <laughs> he's going to lay down some manners on this man. I think so too. I think there's a talent discrepancy here. So you're going to see why he, you're going to, to me, you're going to see why Leon Edwards is close to the title and why Muhammad still needs like four or five more fights to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to see that. I'm sorry. You know, they're two different athletes and two. I mean, look, Bilal's number 13, Leon's number three. What does that tell you? Like, Mm. Kairos. I'm picking Leon, but I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. If Leon doesn't come out here and either finish or dominate this man, they're going to crucify him. Yeah. Yes, they are. Because the perception, the people, the I remember everyone was against Leon, and now, like, people are rallying against him because the UFC has actively been trying to, like, mess him up. If we're just, like, okay, maybe not mess him. They've been actively trying to discredit him. So now when he's giving Bilal Muhammad a late, like replacement, but a person who he should win. If he doesn't go out there and fuck this man up, they are going to be saying he's overrated. He doesn't deserve a title fight. He shouldn't be competing in the top five. And it's, it's a fucked up situation because they've been trying to get this man the fuck out of here since day one. They've been trying to get him out of here since. So it's just like, Mm, it gets me frustrated, but at the same time, I acknowledge Leon's ability. I acknowledge he has the ability to 50-45 him. He certainly has the ability to 50-45 him. But let, let Bilal have some sort of success. You're going to have Joe saying, Bilal's heating up. Leon better be getting. Like, and, and the second that man or other people start hyping up the fight beyond recognition, the second and it goes against Leon and then it just hurts him in the future. If he does not finish him, if he does not finish Bilal, or if he doesn't 50, like 44, I'm a 50, 43, him, they are not giving him a title shot. And that's not fair, but I'm just telling you, they are not going to give it to him. He might not get one if he knocks Bilal out. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what? Regardless of his performance, Leon needs to take the mic and act like a motherfucking roach afterwards in his yep. post-fight yes. speech. Like, he yep. needs to be like, the bad guy's here. You want me to act like a motherfucking dick? The dick is here. Like, I would just, I would take the mic and act crazy. Fuck all y'all. I would turn into, like, a black but non-racist black extremist Colby Covington. Like, I would turn into that black person like, fuck all y'all, because I'm not boring. I just put this man out. Like, he needs to take the mic and just, just... Just act crazy so that people yeah. will talk about him. Yeah, I would. I take that mic for you. Remember when Shale used to get interviewed mm-hmm. after fights and he didn't even answer the question? He was just like Anderson. <laughs> you remember? That's the shit I'd be yeah. doing. He's he's got to make some noise after he beats Bilal. He can't just call Masvidal a weasel and be like, "Oh, I'd like to fight him." No, that's not enough. I don't know. I don't know. I hope Leon gets his shot, though. I really do. He's really good, though. I'm, I'm a little afraid they're going to uh, uh, sun-sow him, you know, give him fights until he loses. I'm really hoping that he starches Bilal Muhammad and stands over him and eyes the camera whilst looking at Bilal Muhammad and says, Bomba wall. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on, hold on. He better. He needs to bring Jamaica to the yard. Like if you know what I'm saying. Either he, 
he either needs to act like an ignorant fuck on the mic like I would, or he yeah. better just, or he's, but you know what he should do? He should just speak in some thick patois. I have the crowd like, we don't even know what he's saying. Just the <laughs> bum clawed me. You want to romp at me? Like, that's what he should do. Poor man. Who wanted? Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Who wants some? Like, you think mm. I wouldn't and have all those white people in the crowd like, what's he saying? I'm scared. You know what I mean? Like, that's get people mm-hmm. talking. Mike, if I was a fighter, I would speak Creole right after my fight. Like, Like, you think I wouldn't? Like, he needs to do the same thing. Yeah. 100. Mm -mm. Yeah. Good luck to him. I think he needs to shoot it. Him and Lerone Murphy need to call their shots. They need to get on the mic and say names. Because all this, oh, you've been doubting me. Better speak it in Patois, speak it in whatever. It doesn't mean anything to these people. Because they don't speak those languages. They don't understand what you're saying. Call names. Say names. Yeah. Do something after he beats Bilal. Whether it's knockout or 50-45. He, seriously, Leon, if you're listening, you might have to act a mess. And I know you don't want to. Like, he seems like he prides himself off of not being a cuck but unfortunately it's cuck city in ufc he's got to act yeah. like a fucking roach if he wants that yeah he's ah. gonna have to speak some yeah he's gonna have to speak some patois or piss off some people and just <laughs> i don't know i wish i worked for his management because i'd have him acting a fool with some jamaican mm-hmm. clothing and st- i'd have him rude <laughs> let me be your manager we'll yeah he'd have right. to He'd have the green tank top they like to wear with all the holes in it and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have him looking crazy in Jamaican, okay? Oh, man. You know, G, you wonderfully opened the show. So how about you, Kairos, closing the show this week? Look at Kairos. Take a swig. All right, we got this. (laughs) If you want to get this... I got this. Hold on, let me get ready. If you want access to the top MMA news, knowledge, information, opinions, hit up Michael Morgan at Twitter, at Michael, at Woe TV. Is that Michael at Woe TV? No, at Mike Woe TV. At you, Mike Woe TV. If you want some of the best opinions and research and being nosy when it comes to being a detective in the streets and being an MMA menace in the sheets, hit up G. Oh, that, Hold on, I got you. Account. I got you. I got you because I have about fifty accounts. <laughs> oh God! If y'all wanna, if y'all wanna mess with a bad bitch with lots of opinions and doesn't give a fuck, y'all mm. hit me up at Just Gina MMA. Let's go. Yeah, sorry. For that. That's about if it. You yeah. want the best quality video content when it comes to making this fuck shit about MMA. Hit up Kairos on Twitter and TikTok at Kairos MMA. That's Mike, we got. can't, we cannot open and close shows anymore. <laughs> this is a debacle. <laughs> you just did. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. 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 That was